0: Welcome to Supergirl's Attic. I'm Cycles. And I'm Vivi. And this week we're going to discuss fake meta. We asked you guys for some prompts for us to sort of roll with. And and you sure
1: delivered because... Yes, you did. There were four pages
0: worth. <laughs> and I thought it'd be best if we started with our most requested prompt, <laughs> having to do with the Hogwarts houses for the characters. Hobbit Killer on Tumblr asked, you've teased it, but I think you owe the listeners a proper sorting of the characters into their Hogwarts house. And Anon on Tumblr said, Y'all talk a lot about Hogwarts, so what are your thoughts on what house the characters would be in? And Rachel on Twitter, RachelJoy23, and on Tumblr, Cyclone Rachel asked, What is Alex's most Slytherin moment? And in contrast, Carr's most Gryffindor moment. A little presumptuous there. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I appreciate that we got this many asks about it, because you really resist having to give answers to this, because we sometimes disagree a bit yes, on Kara. We've had quite a few discussions about it. And and it's like in a family where like the parents don't want anyone to know that they argue. We have these debates privately a lot, but we can't. It's like Fight Club. We can't talk about it. We can't
0: it. talk about it. I just like to also have things neatly laid out and kind of agreed upon so they make sense to people. But alas, we are here. <laughs> but here we are. The people are asking. Indeed. I like to say that Kara is both Gryffindor and Hufflepuff, which is not very conventional, which is fitting, I guess, for a fake meta episode. Um, <laughs> and I think that she would probably, especially young Kara, choose Gryffindor. Yes, definitely. But I just like to talk about her personality in terms of both of those houses.
1: Now, what's really funny is I don't inherently disagree with you. I think in the earlier seasons, you could make a stronger case for Gryffindor on some things, but I suppose over time, not that her focus or her priorities or like why she does things has shifted, but there's a better case for seeing where it fits in with like her sense of wanting to help like all people and then also specifically like the people she cares about. Yeah, that's a big Hufflepuff thing.
0: I also think Kara like works hard, but she doesn't necessarily work smart. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that the thing that she works hardest at is like relationships and people and likes to do things the right way in that sense. And likes to be fair in that sense. It's funny though, because the thing that I have been thinking about in terms of my conversations with you Mm -hmm. about Kara and Hufflepuff is this concept of fairness. And you pointed out like whether or not she uses her powers like at work Uh and how that would sort of give her an edge ahead of like other people who work there, which struck me as funny to me recently because it's such a Slytherin way to think about it. (laughs) It's very like ambitious. (laughs) (laughs) Ambition-based, whereas Kara, I think, would be more concerned with fairness in the sense of, like, it's not fair to Cat Grant if I don't do my best.
1: That is true. But there's also the issue of Kara also thinking rules don't have to apply to her, which is a little bit of the thing we see in many of the Gryffindor characters from the book series. (laughs) It's true. And also related to the thing about working hard, like, there are certain things she works hard at, as we all do. But there are also lots of things where she's like, I don't want (laughs) to. And just doesn't. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that, I mean,
0: I've been reading up on how people theorize about the Hufflepuff house and and how you could be a Hufflepuff and not work hard at everything in your life, but work hard with the things that you care the most about. Which kind of reminds me of Car's line to Alex when she decided that she didn't care about (laughs) Kakao in the season three premiere episode when Alex says, Car dampers doesn't quit and Kara says, she quits the things that aren't important. Oh. Uh, but that was a very, like, Kara abandons her Hufflepuff side season. But we should answer Rachel's question about what Kara's Miss Gryffindor
1: moment was. I had to think for a second because I definitely will think it as I'm watching this one, be like, Kara, what are you doing? Regularly. <laughs> mm-hmm. But remembering specific ones took a second. But um, absolutely world's finest in season one, which was the episode where Barry came to visit. And he's like, shouldn't we do some recon or, like, have a strategy in Kara's like our strategy is punching things. Yes, this is fine. It was an episode where like all the people who plan things were gone from Kara's life, so she just <laughs> barreled straight ahead without mm-hmm. them. Yes, and you
0: mentioned that one to me before the episode, and I was like, She's grown so much, <laughs> right? Since then. She truly has. Like, remember in this past season, season four, when she's like, Okay, so Jean will go to this, I'll go do that, and you could do that to like the whole group, and then Jean's like, I'll get Manchester. She's like okay so like i said (laughs) you know and like since season three we've seen her be a bit more like a leader in her
1: own right yes coming up with ways to go about things which is so cute because you can see how much she has learned from all of her various inspirational figures over time Mm -hmm. so on the flip side after we have looked at Kara, we need to look at our next major character Her dear sister, Alec. Alec (laughs) Stanvers. I like that. I think every character should get their own little intro music now. so I think we agree on Alex we sure do (laughs) we don't agree with the official tweet from the writers room Mm -mm. but we agree with each other and (laughs) And that's that's what matters yes (laughs) the writers room said that there was not a hundred percent agreement but it was like majority yeah so I'm like I want to hear from the (laughs) (laughs) dissenters. but Alex is a Slytherin yeah like a lot Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I think people who know maybe either just the movies or know the movies in the books but maybe don't look at kind of the way the sorting stuff works in a lot of detail we'll get a little bit put off by that because you're like oh that's where all the villains go no no (laughs) (laughs) I have talked about this one at length before so if anyone wants further detail I'll link you to it (laughs) probably the best way to think of it is a contrast to like how Kara looks at the world and the people in it with a very broad scope and uses that for her motivations and for Alex it starts from like very small Mm -hmm. and the things that are personally important to her and then moves outward. As long as it's connected to that. Yes, there's a bit of like an inverse, but they both cover both sides. Alex is protective of her family like an angry cobra Mm -hmm. (laughs) protecting some eggs. just like that. That's a mental image I want everyone to have. (laughs) So what are your most Slytherin Alex moments? Oh my gosh. So Rachel asked for one. I had to stop myself at three. And I think (laughs) I had four before I really cut myself off. (laughs) So let's see. The first one that came to mind was in season four in the scene where she's walking out of the DEO interrogation room and she has manipulated the guy into telling her the information about Agent Liberty and she just kind of smirks. A. A, it's a shot that's framed really nicely. B, it demonstrates her cunning, if you will. Yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> my other favorite one is from season one. I think I managed to think of one from like every season, though. But my other favorite one, it was in season one in Human for a Day. So we had like the awesome storyline with Kara. And then Alex and Jean have this other storyline that is like, as you like to say, classic Alex. <laughs> she tricks Jean, cuffs him to a pipe, <laughs> leaves him there, summons an Escaped mind control alien to attack him and then goes out to fight it, having pre-prepared every weapon in the building. And it's just picking them up as she goes mm-hmm. and has basically taken down like everyone all at once. Yes. So if we would like to compare again, Kar and Alex. <laughs> yes. Plan and
0: punch. Yes. <laughs> Car, her Gryffindor matter of like, super girling is now it's time to punch your face. Actual quote. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And didn't you say you had one? <laughs> yes. So actually, any scene that Alex is in with Lillian just seeps pure Slytherin energy from both of them. <laughs> Yes, actually. (laughs) Battling snakes. Like how Alex sets up the fact that she has killed a Kryptonian before. Like she doesn't feel good about it herself, but she uses that as a tool to make Lillian respect her and kind of like leads her on a little bit and makes her think that like, oh, maybe you're into this idea. (laughs) To then be like, so no, that when I destroy you, (laughs) I have this experience. Look at my resume.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which she then follows up on later in the season. Mm -hmm. And this was my third example. Yes. Her little Dora the Explorer murder (laughs) backpack. Mm -hmm. And how she threatens
0: Lillian that she's going to blow the place up and then she does. And then she does. Yeah. She's like, no,
1: no, I was expecting to do this the whole time. (laughs) No, no, I'm
0: prepared. (laughs) Look at my backpack.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, there are a lot. Yes. And that's Alex. And I like to think that part of the reason that she makes all these wonderful contingency plans is because she's used to having to be three-step ahead of super speed. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, she's got to be really good at predicting human behavior. Her,
0: her Slytherin <laughs> mindset is like kind of the antithesis of like a Gryffindor-Hufflepuff combo because with Hufflepuff, like everyone's sort of on the same level in terms of loyalty. Yeah. And then also there's that headstrongness of Gryffindor and then you have Alex who is very loyal to those close to her primarily and then likes to plan ahead.
1: <laughs> yes. And she does a lot of things that will serve her interests first, but she has like a very very keen awareness of like rules and systems Mm -hmm. and how to play them to her advantage as you mentioned in that one where she kind of tricks Lillian yeah only to be like so when I kick your butt you will know (laughs) (laughs) Um, yes random other silly thing about Alex and Slytherin and the idea of like Slytherin being ambitious and you're like Alex isn't ambitious this is someone who in a off-the-cuff moment said that she was responsible for taking down Lex Luthor herself (laughs) all right girl has high expectations (laughs) and they result in anxiety (laughs) yes
0: and then we have our third member of the main trio jean what did you say
1: for jean i'm curious so for those of you who've never watched the harry potter musical (laughs) i have the same thing written right here amazing (laughs) there's a whole joke in which draco malfoy wants a rocket ship because there's a magical school on mars Mm -hmm. and he wants to go there and so obviously Jean would have attended pig farts, yes, Hogwarts sister school on Mars, mm-hmm. and we don't know what the houses there are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's that. <laughs> I mean, I it's he's harder to
0: he's, he's, hard, he's hard to difficult. place. Honestly, I've thought about it and my top two are like opposites of each other. Okay. I have both Slytherin and Hufflepuff. <laughs> They're not really
1: totally opposites of each other, though, I don't think. Yeah, well the stereotype of it, I just find interesting. See, to me, they're kind of adjacent because they're both very rooted in like caring about sets of people. It's just the size of the set of the people (laughs) and what you decide to do in defense of those people. But like Slytherin and
0: Hufflepuff are also kind of at odds in the sense that like how they perceive each other because Slytherin's like, it's like my friends and family, my core group. And then Hufflepuff's like, but no, (laughs) there are these other people. But also think of the others. (laughs) Yes. But I lean toward, just because of all the like, Alex and John comparisons, I mm. kind of lean toward Slytherin. Yeah. But he's a,
1: like a hard worker. Well, and also you could argue with the Martian culture that could kind of fit with Hufflepuff because mm. it was such a communal society. But again, because like, he's from such a different whole everything mm-hmm. that goes into how he thinks, he's very hard to put yeah. into one of those four categories. I don't see him as particularly ambitious. And he found
0: his calling based upon his feelings for his daughter, though, So that's a very loyalty based kind
1: of thing. So who knows? Everyone else, meanwhile, was much easier. (laughs) Quite. So, when I said absolutely a Ravenclaw. Same. Because Wynne likes learning for the sake of learning, and he gets really excited about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas other characters who might be very smart or very, like, creative in an intellectual way, the reasons behind it are a bit different. Mm-hmm. So let's actually address that right now and address Lena. Yes,
0: who is very intelligent and into, like, tech-type stuff like Win, but is not a Ravenclaw.
1: No, and I am really pleased that... The actress who plays Lena also said this. <laughs> because yes, yes, Lena is a Gryffindor guys. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's our take. And it's correct. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and um, it's correct. An easy like example from right kind of when we're getting to know Lena as a character in season two is when she throws the gala just to lure mm, the bad guys. <laughs> bad guys of the week. To her party so that she can take them down. And Car's like, You like to take risks, I guess. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> Yeah can't be afraid of things.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Lena, we hear a lot from her family about her needing to embrace her Luther side or like she doesn't ever quite fit as a Luther, even though Lillian would be like, remember that time that you were mad at that girl in middle school and you plotted for months to get even with her? But like Lena, despite how she'll maybe try to conform to that expectation from her family. Or adapt to dealing with them by adopting some slytherin traits by following their rules yeah she just can't shake this core of like a wanting to do good things mm. and be forging ahead <laughs> without a lot of caution yes in kind of the same way it's Kara
0: will sometimes yeah like if you take lena's thing which is science <laughs> the way that she goes about it is like it's very different than alex um, <laughs> or Win. 15 percent chance of death that sounds about right we gotta do this now
1: <laughs> it's fine And for anyone who's like, no, that doesn't make any sense, I will point out to you, an example, going back to Harry Potter, the Black family, who were all Slytherins except Sirius Black, who went to Gryffindor specifically because he had lovely friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So speaking of Gryffindors and reasons why people might get along with each other, (laughs) other Um, Gryffindors include many of our remaining hero characters, such as James Olsen and self admitted Gryffindor dreamer. Mm-hmm. Nia Null. Nia
0: Null. James and Nia in the fortress bonding over their Gryffindorness. <laughs> Yes. And James's core of like... I need to
1: be a hero. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And Nia had a very, I don't know, kind of Neville-like journey. True. Where she starts off seeming kind of timid. We saw her not want to volunteer for the article on fashion in the first episode of season four. And then, you know, she goes through this journey of embracing that side of her and then becoming more courageous and making waves, as they say.
1: Yes. And actually, I was going to say, she almost has a little bit of Lena energy sometimes. <laughs> In the moments where Car's like, hey, you need to chill a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's like the seasoned
0: Gryffindor talking to
1: <laughs> a littler. A first year. Yeah, her her gaggle of Gryffindors. <laughs> I know, car has got a whole squad. Mm-hmm. But we also have, of course... Brainy, who is probably not a Gryffindor. Where did you put Brainy? I put him in Ravenclaw. I did too. I think he and Wynne are excellent nerd friends.
0: Yes. And like reading up on some meta on the houses for Ravenclaw, he sort of vibes with this concept of learning in terms of morality Mm. and how people work and stuff like that and kind of shaping his concept of the world over time based on what he learns rather than sort of resisting it like maybe Kara would do initially, thinking about his own gut in instincts about how to act.
1: So that concludes our Hogwarts house segment. We got some other pop culture family-friendly related requests. (laughs) Yes. The next one we got on Tumblr from Super Spies and Apple Pie. And the question is, what are Super Friends or Super Fam's feelings or general excitedness in regards to the game Pokemon Go? Does it even exist in-universe? And if so, does Kara have an account of her own and another for Supergirl? (laughs) Hmm,
0: I think Kara being the level of nerd that she is would have one <laughs> Pokemon Go. At least one. At least one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that she has like apps for games on her Supergirl phone.
1: I was going to say I don't know also that she'd necessarily have time to be checking another phone if she had one as Supergirl. Yeah. Because she's always on the run looking for people. Plus she's a very present person. She likes to spend her time like with
0: people or like if they're watching a movie like with a group and we'll probably see this reflected in Kara's behavior with technology in season five actually. But I would guess that she would like Pokemon enough
1: to try that out personally. She would probably, if she plays, occasionally be tempted while she's in other countries to, like, see what special ones are there. But mm-hmm. then her equally secretly dorky sister would probably get angry at her for <laughs> cheating like that. Yes. Also, when
0: she's trying to catch Pokemon, she would always get that don't play while you're driving alert.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> she's moving too fast. Flying, yeah. <laughs> True. Oh, yeah. That might hinder her ability to play too much in the super suit. The next sort of maybe obvious choice that people might go to is Nia, but I'm not sure if she's in the
0: right age bracket for it. Let us know if you guys are around Nia's age and love
1: Pokemon and Pokemon Go. (laughs) Because we're not sure. We're not sure. Um, (laughs) I could see Lena being very competitive about it. (laughs) Yes. Lena would discover that there was like a gym right outside of (laughs) Elkhorn and just just be like in her office trying to like level up Mm -hmm. and beat stuff all day for probably... a solid week. She invents. She probably code some kind of yes. thing to play for her while she's working,
0: <laughs> like a bot. And speaking of like techy people, Win would totally play. Like absolutely, yes. Maybe the most.
1: Yes, Win would play the most, and he'd get excited about it. And then Brainy would like hack the whole thing and mess it up, and be like, <laughs> "I'm not impressed." <laughs> Especially when Brainy just came in, he's like, "What do you think? This is VR. This is nothing." Like, so you catch the
0: Pokemon, <laughs> but
1: it's not really there. <laughs> but but you just tap the screen. You can't actually feel like you're playing.
0: <laughs> in the future, we have real Pokeballs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? Actually, that would be really amazing. <sighs> Plot twist in season five Brainy is going to have a Pokeball. That's part of the whole VR Perfect. story. You heard it here first. Mm-hmm. Another pop culture question, or two related questions. We had an
0: Anon on Tumblr ask, which Disney princess would you associate with each character? And I am Delta S on Tumblr asked, favorite Disney princess? Disney princesses of the Superfam and why? Mm. And you see these as very different questions. (laughs) I do
1: see these as different questions because the first one is like, which one do you associate with the character? So like who has like some kind of spiritual kinship (laughs) to them in some way? Mm. And the other one is just like, which one would be their favorite? And those two might not necessarily be the same. And in some cases, kind of like with Hogwarts houses, what you want to get (laughs) might not really be what's there (laughs) in your mind and your heart. So <laughs> So which princess would you associate with Car? I said Aurora, Sleeping Beauty, correct. Which is so mean. <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh, I... sleep coma. Yes, because <sighs> we have
0: sleep coma and then also, which is the original reason that I was into it, was her original sleep coma in the Phantom Zone and all those years that she
1: was asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All the time that passed. <laughs> yep. Oh man. Thanks. <laughs> also, there's a dragon and car likes to. Dragons. So I was also kind of tempted to say Rapunzel from Tangled just because the beginning of the song, When Will My Life Begin? when Rapunzel accomplishes mm-hmm. her whole day's worth of tasks in 15 minutes, I feel like is very Kara. Yeah. Fair.
0: It's kinda of like a compromise. I have Rapunzel for Red Daughter.
1: Hmm, yes. We also made that joke once already. <laughs>
0: yes. She's like in her tower, you know, and then has that sort of manipulative force. And she's reading those
1: books. Yeah. And making art she drew in her little journal.
0: Perfect. <laughs> and then she had her very Disney princess moment. Yes, in, in the, the forest. forest.
1: She had a moment in the forest and then Kara had a moment in the forest. That was a Disney princess uh, moment too. they princess pals. Oh <laughs> it's all coming together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And my daughter also
0: said that Kara was like a princess trapped in a tower. True. It's like she's projecting. Yes. Did you have a different favorite Disney princess for Kara?
1: A favorite Disney princess for Kara? Yes. I said her favorite would be the Little Mermaid. So Ariel. <laughs> I get that. Just because Ariel collects all kinds of human things. That's cute. And is misty. By them. And also wanted to go away. And, and she wanted to be where the, be people, where are. the people are.
0: Personality-wise, so sort of more with the association, I also had Anna from Frozen. Just that same energy.
1: Oh, yeah. Speaking of Frozen, <laughs> guess who I put as the Disney princess I would most associate with Alex? Olaf. <laughs> Olaf. <laughs> I like warm hugs, maybe. Olaf is a princess in my heart. Yeah, thinks that she can survive the heat, but... <laughs> Terrible. So obviously, Elsa misconcealed, don't feel. <laughs> Alex, who likes to keep her feelings inside until she implodes. Yeah. Did you say something different? So I have Mulan as like the one you associate with her. I didn't really figure out favorite Disney. I just kind of stuck with the
0: association. Oh.
1: Okay. So I said her favorite would be Mulan mm. because Mulan is by far the coolest <laughs> of the Disney princesses that would have come out when she was a child. Mm,
0: fair. I also, in terms of like parallel lives, Mulan's sort of journey in relation to her identity. Mm. And then there's just that like queer solidarity in the sense of like the cross dressing aspect, especially when you have no content and
1: you're little. I liked your Jean choice. My Jean choice? Mm -hmm. My Jean choice was like really out of nowhere. And I like it a lot. And I will blame Young Blood Buzz for this entirely for her Disney princess playlist. I decided that the Disney princess who most suits Jean is Moana. Because Moana goes on a quest to understand who she is and figure out how she will uphold the legacy of her people. (sighs) Oh, Sean. I didn't think Jean would have a favorite Disney princess because that's seemed a bit beyond the scope of his interests as fake Hank Henshaw, although I could see him being dragged into it by Kara or Wynne. But for some reason, I think he would like Belle, and I don't know exactly why. I think maybe it's just
0: <laughs> how well made the movie is that I think personally, but that's just a free association answer for you there. Ooh, I like it.
1: Speaking of Belle, I said that Belle is the Disney princess I would most associate with Win. <laughs> I like it. It just makes sense. I don't know why, but it does. Eccentric father. Likes to learn stuff. <laughs> a little bit more eccentric. <laughs> <In my laughs> all right. Father that the town wanted to have
0: locked up, all right?
1: <laughs> Perfect, I guess. <laughs> totally works. But then I said Wynne's favorite Disney princess was probably Cinderella because, hello, there's a huge, amazing costume-making scene. <laughs> and also the mice are adorable. <sighs> What did you say for James? James is Princess Hercules. <laughs> Princess
0: Hercules. Mm-hmm. All right. Because James can go the distance. <laughs> and it really resonates with
1: him. And they both get there. You know, they work at it and they make it. And they also transition from scrawny child to super yeah. buff. Hero. So there we go.
0: I <laughs> like it. And I have one for James's sister. Oh, you do? I do. It's Pocahontas. And I was like, who Aww. Who has Pocahontas energy? And I felt like Kelly because there's this sense of wisdom
1: about them both. And like she's very calm. Yes. She's a very steady presence. Mm. Love you, Kelly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I accept. Who did you have for Ania? Anna, as the one I would associate with her. And I said her favorite also would probably be the sisters in Frozen. Yeah, I can see
0: that. Especially because she was close to her sister.
1: Yes. Well, and especially also because she always assumed her sister would get the powers. And then there was uh, like power angst. Yeah. And then now they don't talk to each other. That's sad. I also had Anna and I also had Moana. ah Aww. <laughs> (laughs) Nia is truly representative of her generation. I could see her being obsessed with Moana. Mm. I like it. And then for Lena, I have like 200 options. You have 200 options. You go first. (laughs) My Disney princess that I associate with Lena, I said was Snow White. Number one, because you have the evil queen. Mm-hmm. Number two, because the evil queen sends the huntsman out to collect the heart. Oh. From Snow that's White. A nice connection. And we had Lena's experiments with the hearts and all of that. Yeah. The other one that I had as what would be maybe her favorite, in a way, would be Rapunzel. Not necessarily because, like, she, like, loves Rapunzel, <laughs> but because I think the storyline would yeah. click for her. The family dynamic aspect. Aspect. Mother Gothel would relate for her. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> yes. Well, that's also why I have Cinderella in the list. Mm, I thought about Cinderella and then I was like, mm, she doesn't really have that Cinderella energy. <laughs> no, but the aspect of like her position in the family. But like, there's a lot of wealth in Lena's case. Minus the part where she had to live as a servant. Yes. Plus, there
0: wasn't an aspect of like fake affection that there was with Mother Gothel. Oh, true. So just that family dynamic aspect as opposed to like anything else really. Hmm, Interesting. And then I have Jasmine as sort of the, I think, like the wealth aspect (laughs) is what pulled me to that one.
1: Now, I could see it more from like a character energy point of view, because Jasmine was constantly like, you said I can't do this. Mm -hmm. Too bad. I'm gonna do it. Infantor
0: energy from Jasmine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But she also had that very like smirky eyebrow thing going on. Yes. Yeah, so I agree. Kind of had brainy thoughts. Oh, I liked your brainy thoughts.
1: I said the Disney princess, so for most associate with, was probably Ariel from The Little Mermaid. Yes, agree. Because of his feeling like stuck between worlds currently. And that the one he'd probably like the most or find the most entertaining as he's catching up on 20th century culture would be Belle from Beauty and the Beast. And I don't know why. Sorry.
0: (laughs) We're just like, they just like Belle. Belle. (laughs) I said the same thing for Jean. Belle is everyone's,
1: every alien's favorite. I don't know why. It just is. Because everyone in town makes fun of her and they empathize. Sad. (laughs) Look, that's my fake meta story and I'm sticking to it. Good.
0: Another sort of group based question that we have for the super family came from Always and Anyways on Tumblr. Who in the super fam
1: is most likely to kill a houseplant? So my first impulse was to say win, but it's probably Lena. Let's be real. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you say that, Bibi? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it's her tendency to not think things through and <laughs> yeah, experiment. She's very
0: tunnel vision. <laughs> I can't see her, like, taking care of a living thing when she, like, also just won't even eat.
1: Like, if she gets too <laughs> focused on something. Yes, a valid point. <sighs> Lena, there were plants in my house. <laughs> Do you have a least likely to kill a house plant? My first thought was Kara, but I'm going to go with a surprise answer and say probably Marin because he was so excited to see cute, green, leafy plants when he arrived on Earth. Uh. I love that. That he would take very good care of them. (laughs) My initial least likely answer was Eliza. Aw, that's also cute. Mother
0: Earth energy. (laughs) 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 And my most likely to kill a
1: houseplant was Brainy. Huh, they would perplex him a bit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the vibe I was getting. But I guess both Lena and Brainy could get away with like building something to periodically
1: water it. All right, now that kind of makes me want like a three men and a baby, but it's like (laughs) when Lena and Brainy trying to take care of houseplants.
0: <laughs>
1: win would be the best at it of them, which is kind of hilarious to me. True. He did remember to feed Carter and take care of him when Carter was out <laughs> running around in season win one. is the most grounded of them, which is a fun role for him. Right. Win as the most responsible one. And then the
0: next like group one we have is from an- Anon on Tumblr. Who is the most likely to have a TikTok account? If you don't know what TikTok is, it's kind of like Vine, but I think the videos are longer and
1: you can do more things with it. My first instinct was was to just be like wait the Kesha song (laughs) but my real answer is Nia yeah correct (laughs) (laughs) I
0: have written most are too old (laughs) definitely and I also said that maybe Nia downloads it onto James's phone like when they're in the fortress of solitude event because he's out as guardian and then they can make like tiktoks in their superhero forms she'd
1: also think it was really important for him to have it as the head of (laughs) catco yes I was just thinking that it would be really hilarious if like Jean secretly has one because <laughs> he can shapeshift. He could do anything. He can do anything. It could be amazing. Wow. Cara runs an Instagram where she makes food posts from everywhere in the world. And Jean it has a TikTok full of celebrities. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's perfect. So now let's get into some more character specific questions. This may shock you. But Kara is the character for whom we got the most questions.
0: What? I can't believe it. I'm a gog. I'm a (laughs) gas On a show about Supergirl. In the spirit of, I think, pure fake meta, (laughs) let's get the ball rolling here with a question from An Evolutionary Matter on Tumblr. Why is Kara's favorite mascot of all time, Gritty? The best mascot of all time. Just the pure Gryffindor energy (laughs) of Gritty. Gritty's just Gryffindor in its primal state. (laughs) There are, actually I have a three-part reason. Okay. Fire away. So the Gryffindor energy. Also the orange reminds Kara of Krypton Sky. And Kara just loves Philly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That wasn't a biased answer at all.
0: (laughs) Not at all. Once she had to fly to Philly to rescue people falling off of like telephone poles when they (laughs) climbed when the Eagles won the Super Bowl and she just fell in love with the city.
1: That was an amazing answer. (laughs) Thank you. I love it. Okay. I actually also mentioned that Gritty is the colors of the sun. (laughs) So we were kind wow. of on the same page. It's the true answer. So the next one was an Anon on Tumblr asking, how are Justin and Brittany Kara's OTP when they were already over by the time she landed on Earth? She held on to hope. She held on to hope. At a time when she needed it the most. I like that. I was also picturing teenage Kara hiding out in like the corner of a library with a lot of old <laughs> copies of teen magazines because Aww. Alex made her study pop culture to pass conviction. As a teenager. That's fair. I also thought maybe she was just lying to Lena.
0: Or that. Like pretending that had been like an active part of her childhood, kind of like she lied to Kat about elementary school. Yeah. it would also be sort of funny if Lena had also done research when she was younger to fit in like socially, because remember she thought people didn't like her because she's rich.
1: And so I thought it would be funny if they were both lying to like, kind of <laughs> pretending that they liked normal things <laughs> yeah. more into it than they really were. Amazing. We have a few questions from Sporadic Post Hideout on Tumblr. The first one is, how does Kara afford her apartment? And, like, three new outfits in every single episode. As
0: Kat's assistant, Kara got discounts on fashion, and that's why Kat was so offended by her <laughs>
1: style in season one. <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. My boring, serious answer is that we did find out in this season that Kara is paid as a contractor through the DEO, so she has two salaries. At some point it happened.
0: Although she did have the apartment for a while before she joined the DEO, presumably.
1: This is true. We could also just pretend that Kara doesn't live in a particularly nice area because is immune to crime. Mm-hmm. Next question. Would Kara get a dog or did she have any other animals after Streaky? I said she had a bird
0: at one point, <laughs> but the cage made her upset so Eliza or Alex would often walk in and see
1: a bird flying around in the house. <laughs> Which, I can't see that last. one. <laughs> exactly. I said at Supergirl's attic we are always here for some cameos from Crypto, the fluffy super dog. So she would totally get a dog. Someday, maybe. I'm sure Melissa would be down for it. Mm -hmm. Other question from Sporadic Post Hideout. How often does Kara communicate with other Arrowverse characters? Because in the finale episode for Legends of Tomorrow, Sarah said that Kara, Barry, and Oliver didn't want to participate in the superhero theme park for kids, but that seems super out of character. Ha, super. For (laughs) Kara, if not everyone else. So what are your thoughts? I know it was probably scheduling needs, but I want a fictional answer. (laughs) Well, it it was during the finale,
0: so so at the same time Kara was dealing with her finale. <laughs> True.
1: Kara had a lot on her plate because she died. Yeah. That puts a damper in things like <laughs> I mean Kara is absolutely the kind of person who would say sign me up <laughs> to go visit a theme park for little children and be mm-hmm. like, "Hello, young citizens. I am a superhero." <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but she had to save the earth and make sure Alex remembered who she was and not die. So unfortunately, she maybe missed the invitation. Alas. So our next
0: series of questions sort of surround some Supergirl problems or queries that people have from Super Spies and Apple Pie on Tumblr. Does Kara have a Supergirl phone and a phone phone? Well, presumably a car phone. That sounds like a lot of money slash hassle, but also just whoops, she has Find My Friends turned on and her GPS signal is a mile up above ground. Does GPS work like that where
1: you can tell what layer they're at on the earth? That I don't think so. But planes do use it. So hmm. a mystery for our science and engineering consultants. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah. I think she does have like a work phone and a Supergirl oh, so phone. Now
1: I don't. I think she might
0: not have at first, but like security wise, it would be probably, especially the DEO and like, I don't know.
1: See, yes, but we did see in season four that there was that like Supergirl contact app, Yeah. So my thought was perhaps rather than having a whole separate phone, she just actually has an encrypted app Mm -hmm. for people to reach her. And because like some of them have all the same functions, like there is actually one in real life. It's called Signal that is used by like journalists and political dissidents and other people who need to pass along confidential information. And it has like phone functions and camera functions and everything else. So she could feasibly do both. Yeah. Plus
0: in season four, didn't they mention like Alex getting a text from Supergirl or something? Something like
1: that yeah well plus in terms of like oh car might give herself away somehow like there's no way a car ever turns her ringtone on like <laughs> let's be honest her phone will never make noise that a human could hear <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then from rachel again we have a question about pockets in the supersuit. do they exist where would they be would it really be beneficial to store anything in them while flying
1: hmm yes i say definitely there are pockets A, there could be one in the cape, perhaps, but also you can put pockets in boots. Mm -hmm. So that's what I have. Shoe pockets,
0: (laughs) boot pockets, and cape pockets. We saw her take a little note out her cape in season
1: two. She did, like a piece of paper once. She does need to take her phone with her because if someone from her day job is looking for her as (laughs) Kara, she needs to know so that she can rush back over there or call Jean. But what would she have in them? She has cape pockets
0: filled with pot stickers, so that when she does cape tricks, they get hit with like extra weight and they also smell food. Nice. (laughs) And she keeps snacks in the extra shoulder padding that she has. (laughs) Rachel also asked, how is Kara going to hide her super suit now that it includes pants? Where does the cape go? Well, we know how she's going to hide the super suit now because... Spoiler. Yes, from the recently released trailer for season five, it will materialize over her clothing, but that still doesn't solve the problem of her previous super suit and where that cape
1: went and the skirt for that matter. See, I just kind kind of accept the fact that Kara can move fast enough that she can grab her change of clothes from wherever she has left it. She just has her shirt on underneath. That's it. Well, it's like a leotard. I mean, you could theoretically wear that under most things. But the times when she's wearing like a sleeveless dress, she's got to really make the full change. <laughs> but the other thing is she is much stronger than a human person. So I also just assume that she can fold and compress things into much smaller <laughs> shapes than the rest of the smear mortals. So maybe she's also got some kind of like funky technology like a Mary Poppins style (laughs) bag that just is like bottomless and everything fits inside it we don't know the cape turns into an invisibility cloak maybe it does
0: I just sort of like the mystery of that one we're coming up with like
1: silly answers for it but yes I kind of like not knowing it's sort of quirky and campy it's superhero magic Mm -hmm. do people ask the same question about Clark Kent going back to you know Kara's accusation to cat (laughs) no one asks my cousin (laughs) these questions
0: Uh, probably but so some other Supergirl related queries we have I am no Guitar hero from Twitter asked Would Kara ever develop the need for real glasses? Contacts aren't good when flying at high speed. (laughs) (laughs) Real answer, no. Fake answer, it'd be fun for like, I guess maybe Kara has a situation where her powers are fluctuating randomly because she would both Mm -hmm. have to be human enough to have like the need for glasses and then also be flying (laughs) for this problem to ever come up.
1: True. See, now I actually said, A, this would be an interesting question for our science folks, but B, if Kara as a Kryptonian goes through similar stages of aging as a human might, then perhaps she'll reach a (laughs) point where she would but I also said if she did need them and contacts are obviously inconvenient for flying maybe because she has laser eyes she can give herself LASIK it could be fun some mirror work (laughs) some mirror work with changing the shape of your cornea it's fine nothing about that sounds dangerous and then another question
0: from I am no guitar hero I wonder how a car's supermarket cart looks she probably shops as if she were a family of 10 related note does she get hangry more often than humans ooh
1: That would be a question to ask Alex Danvers. (laughs) Yeah. She will melt Alex's face off for potstickers. We have this confirmed. So uh, maybe?
0: (laughs) Maybe. I think maybe she looks sad when she doesn't eat. Because remember in the season one finale when she was like giving her sad goodbyes to everyone and was like, you look so bad. You look like you haven't eaten.
1: (laughs) You look like your blood sugar is low. Here, yes. <laughs> eat a pack of Twizzlers. And by a pack, I mean a pack for a Halloween candy. Yes. Oh my God, Kara's shopping cart on Halloween, oh imagine. My God. Or like the day after when all the stuff's on sale. Kara as Supergirl flying around and trick-or-treating herself would be hilarious. That actually would be amazing. <laughs> Please give me that in a Halloween episode. And she just has like a really big sack of candy, like
0: a giant thing that no human can lift from all the houses she went <laughs> to in the city. And then maybe she does something cute with them. I don't know. Gives them to children or something.
1: Yes. But my theory about Kara and grocery shopping is that Kara does her orders online and has them waiting to be picked up in a parking lot so she doesn't have to meet anyone's eyes when they question why she's (laughs) picking up enough food for like a family of 10.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she like pretends that she's a business.
1: (laughs) Or like she's a nanny for someone Mm. and she's like picking up a family's groceries. (laughs) Yes. She'd definitely try to sell that lie in a way that would come across really awkward and (laughs) hilarious it would be beautiful. It would.
0: Speaking of Kara and food. Speaking of Kara and food, we have an evolutionary matter asked, who likes pineapple and pizza? Is anyone willing to tell Kara that they don't?
1: What do you think? I said no. None of them <laughs> like it. <laughs> yeah, Monel did. Maybe she can convince Brainy. Maybe it's like a weird alien thing. Ooh. <laughs> it's like an alien taste bud thing. <laughs> Meanwhile, I like it. Maybe I'm an alien. Really? You do? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cursed. <No. laughs>
0: but Kara understands that people have different life choices in her.
1: Even if she feigns offense. <laughs> yes. I don't think she'd genuinely be offended about pizza flavors. <laughs> because she loved pizza enough to come back from Argo mm-hmm. because they don't have pizza. So
0: <laughs> Maybe she would be offended. Actually, you're right. She was like, they don't have pineapple pizza here. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. car Dumpling Showdown. Yosa versus Bao versus potstickers versus all other types I don't feel really like typing up. I think that she likes all of them. She loves all of them equally. But she likes pot stickers the most, like a hufflepuff. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> she, she loves equally, but she likes a few people better. <laughs> Aw,
1: that's very sweet. And as to why she might like pot stickers better, I'm going to say it's because of the texture of how they're mm. cooked, because they're crunchier. And for Kara, who needs like things with strong tactile feedback mm, and sensations, yeah. that's probably nice. Neat.
0: And evolutionary matter also asked, what's the best type of grass for miraculous? molecular Molecular
1: regeneration. That's such an evil, but also amazing and excellent question. (laughs) So what do you think? What is the best type? I have
0: Bermuda grass. has roots as deep as five feet, and it is a commonly used drought-tolerant grass and requires full sun, as in eight or more hours of direct sun.
1: So peak sun. It's peak solar energy, Mm. which is a good choice, but the official (laughs) clear winner answer here. (laughs) is, and this is real, there's a species called panic grass, (laughs) which obviously, when you're in a hurry because your sister's Mm. dying, is the natural choice. I mean, that's basically what Alex was using. It is cultivated specifically by Alex Danvers. (laughs) It is a plant that is native to North America and also Australia, places with lots of sun, and it can grow very tall, which means it too gathers lots of sun energy. Wow. Taste the sun. Amazing. So, Rachel has another question for us. This is a Kara related one. In episode 309, which was the battle with rain in season three, was the song Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree actually playing in universe at that office building where Kara fought rain? And if it did, would Kara now hear that song and associate it with rain hurting her?
0: Thank you Yikes. for this question, Rachel. You know who we are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think this one was
0: inspired by a conversation we had had in the SPF server. I had had thoughts about Jean actually only playing Jingle Ball Rock once at Christmas because he thinks of his father and how he tried to introduce him to that song.
1: Oh, sad.
0: Look what you've done. <laughs> yes. And I figured with this, maybe they all like drink hot chocolate in honor. Marin. And then when rocking around the Christmas tree comes on, Kara does think of rain. And then she sees that she's surrounded by family and loved ones and takes another sip of hot chocolate.
1: And Sam survived and is okay. Mm-hmm. So, all is well. A Christmas ending. <laughs> all right. Comica Girl
0: asked on Tumblr For the silly meta episode, we know that canonically, Kara has assembled IKEA furniture and delivered puppies for the greater good. What other random acts of super kindness do you think Kara is engaged in off screen?
1: What a lovely little question. That was an excellent question. What do you think, Bibi? Kara 100% absolutely will deliver cupcake orders to little Duh. children having school birthday parties that's cute
0: (laughs) mine is also uh related to tiny tots and food (laughs) (laughs) not this time but it is related to the pocket question oh she carries little band-aids with the super s on them Ah, that's so cute for kids that she sees who get like little scrapes helps them out that's absolutely wonderful Awesome. I thank you for that question. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Superlad on Tumblr asks, Kara's feelings about and why she decided to become the face of the welcome video for alien immigrants and refugees when they first land on Shelley Island. Mine's a pretty straightforward answer in terms of like, Kara just wants to make people feel as welcomed and loved and safe as she felt when she landed with the Danvers family. I like that answer. I'm sticking to it. (laughs) Excellent. <laughs> Natalia on Twitter asks, shouldn't Kara be really smart? Seeing as Krypton was way advanced, does she just shut that part of herself off to make it easier for her to live on Earth? Kara is really smart, whether or not she is sciencey smart, which we find out that she does have that aspect of her, but she's very emotionally intelligent. She understands people pretty well, and she's a great writer and artist. So those are different kinds of intelligences.
1: Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I think sometimes when this question comes up, it's focused on a very narrow and very specific kind of intelligence and Kara definitely also is very gifted at certain kinds of science certain kind of math we know that she's bragged about it as a child (laughs) but she's also said herself that a lot of that stuff was just so easy or so outdated that it bored her Mm -hmm. and she decided to throw her energy into the things that were challenging and that were new and that were exciting in a different kind of way and probably also that didn't remind her of home in quite the same way that might have been really like painful Mm -hmm. but also I on top of that, there are moments where the show does put her in situations where she solves a problem or comes up with a solution that is difficult ahead of everybody else. Like, for example, she outsmarted Mixes Pitlick mm-hmm. even after all the other characters, including even John, were like, no, it's. Not going to really work mm-hmm. or be possible. We also see her successfully hacking the Kryptonian technology in season three when they tried to get back in touch with Winn. And there's other examples like that. I think it's hard to show that with just like nonverbal cues mm-hmm. a lot of the time. It's a bit easier to show it like in writing, like if you're doing a comic panel or something like that. So it's not to say that they're not aware of it and that it's not there because I think Melissa does convey that in the facial expressions when Kara's processing like a problem, mm-hmm. but they don't say it outright quite as often.
0: Yeah, it is funny, though, in terms of like meta and science. I had written a post a while ago for season three, I think, about how like maybe sitting at the Danvers family table with a bunch of like scientists may have been difficult for Kara with her father who was a scientist and her father who wasn't able to save Krypton. But then we found out later on that Kara's father bounced ideas off of her. It's also kind of interesting if you consider like, how how she didn't like Earth history. But then we saw in season three that she was super into Kryptonian history with that rite of passage and spent hours studying it. So maybe she sort of resisted learning Earth specific new things when she had this sort of history and expansive knowledge for science and history that was specific to Krypton and would rather channel her energy into other things that she ended up liking a lot like all the humanities, which is an ironic name.
1: (laughs) All the human-based arts.
0: <laughs> and next a question we got from an on Tumblr was, is Kara going to outlive her human family? Keeping it lighthearted here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thank you for acknowledging that
0: we like sad things. <laughs> Will she have to cope with the reality that Alex is going to grow older while she stays young? I love this question.
1: Yeah. And I mean, yes. <laughs> like, eventually. <laughs>
0: yes. Uh, it's sort of not strictly canon in the sense that they have outrightly said on the show, yeah, is going to outlive her her human loved ones. But Eric Roscoe did tweet, he was one of the writers up until season four, that she will in fact live a very long time. And I like to talk about this idea a lot, because it's sad, but... <laughs> <laughs> You would. But also just because it sort of hints at Kara's core thing, which is that she lost everyone once and it formed her into who she is. And I'm just really into the idea of like this sort of looming threat of an inevitable future where she experiences that again and like how that impacts her and how she thinks about her life presently. Although I was talking with you and like other SBF members, I think we came up with the idea that like it's kind of awesome that she'll live and get to see like Alex's children and grandchildren and be. In their lives and tell tales about supergirl's big sister Mm -hmm. be the family secret for a long
1: time (laughs) oh i did have a thought though Mm -hmm. this is kind of related to the other question about like would she age Mm. if she travels back and forth to argo often enough will that affect the speed at which she ages Mm. i suppose so would she go back there after her earth family passes away Well, I'm also wondering
0: what's going on over there (laughs)
1: because Laura doesn't seem to have aged. (laughs) Uh Oh, true. But there were people like having kids and stuff, so true because we did see that one random little boy. I can't see especially if Alex
0: did have like
1: children descendants. yeah,
0: I can't see Cara really kind of splitting No, <laughs> I think she has a sense of connection and responsibility to earth specifically.
1: yeah, she has said that a few times like this is my home now, but she'll still have Jean. yeah, she'll still have Jean. Jean didn't realize when he made that promise to Jeremiah that it was gonna be <laughs> like literally forever. <laughs> Forever. forever. <laughs> it's like once you're a parent, you're a parent forever, man. <laughs> Martians know. Martians uh. know. <laughs>
0: Hashtag Martians
1: know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but would Laura even be alive? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Something to think uh. about. So the last Car specific question that we have is from An Evolutionary Matter. Who taught Kara to cut her hair? Who got their hair lasered off by accident when she learned?
1: Wow, that's uh, an interesting take. <laughs> People getting their hair lasered off. I feel like the whole Danvers family would have helped with that. In one way or another, and that Kara definitely was practicing on some things that were not hair attached to anyone's head before she moved on to
0: pro level. Actually, Streaky got a haircut.
1: (laughs) Yes, that would be amazing. In my mind, my first thought was goodbye to any stuffed doll or creature that Alex had that had like fabric, yarn, hair. Fair. Maybe that's also how she learned how to do all her cool hairstyles with like the braids and everything too. She's a hair expert now. She is. Because that's something that requires so much practice with, like, the delicacy of the movements. Mm -hmm. It makes sense, then, that, like, she's so into doing cool things with with her hair. Yeah. But did anyone ever have an accidental (laughs) laser incident? Well, I was picturing Eliza actually talked to
0: Martha and got the idea for the mirror situation, and she's, like, plants a video camera and, like, coaches her from the other room.
1: (laughs) Ah, so so she's from a safe distance away. (laughs) Alex walks into the
0: bathroom thinking that car's hogging it. (laughs) And then, that's how Alex went from the long hair that we saw in the pilot episode to That's when she finally made that first cut.
1: Oh, oh, that would be actually a really fun backstory moment. Like (laughs) Kara giving Alex a haircut. It's sort of like a maturing moment. It's like another step closer to adult Alex. It is. That's also like a baby step towards the trust fall where she leaps out of the building and just assumes (laughs) Kara will catch her. Yes, you can cut my hair off with lasers. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: the backstory behind the scene in the woods when Kara accidentally heat visions right next to her and she's like... What the hell? She's like, I, I like this length of hair. <laughs> Stop ruining my hair. <laughs> and that takes us to a question we got about Alex specifically from an Anon on Tumblr. For the fake meta, how many leather jackets does Alex Danvers have?
1: Well, I like to think she has at least one to go with every major mood in her life. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm looking forward to her momming leather oh. jacket that she'll get eventually. Oh, that's a good one. And or she stole them from people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have a long list that's like, she has a business leather jacket, a combat leather jacket, a bar hopping leather jacket, uh, winter leather, obviously, a date specific, like a little bit fancy leather jacket, sister lunch leather jacket.
1: (laughs) Formal leather jacket and a brown space dad leather jacket. Ah, okay, that was a good way to end that. <laughs> Thank you. Nice one. That's earth tones to go with Jean's aesthetic. Yes,
0: and then we got a few sort of Danvers family related questions from Super Grizz Mama on Twitter. How has Kara not accidentally killed Alex by now with all the arm punches and pillow tosses? Constant vigilance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> with great power comes mm-hmm. great responsibility. I would say though, probably like for us. Semi realistic answer. The Danvers parents probably came up with an improvised version of like occupational therapy for Carr to kind of work on grip strength and grading of movement. And mm-hmm. so she's not using like too much pressure and accidentally hurting people. Well, we know for sure that Carr was very concerned with that yeah, <laughs> as a kid.
0: She talked about that in season three the streaky practicing and stuff. So it also helps that she was
1: older and not a baby. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know how Martha and Toddler Clark. Jonathan did it. Yeah. Tothers are destructive enough mm-hmm. as it is. Imagine a tother who can just break through your walls.
0: <laughs> but I also imagine that Kara did probably accidentally hurt Alex once or twice.
1: Oh yeah, probably. But you know what? Who hasn't accidentally hurt their sibling once or twice? <laughs> yes. And then we have a question from Heat Vision
0: Rocks on Twitter, aka What the L.
1: <laughs> Excellent pun. Mm-hmm.
0: Ever since I'll meet you outside, I've been wondering what other situations would the Danver sisters have code phrases for and what would those code phrases be.
1: That was hard. I don't know what specific phrases they would come up with. My thought was maybe something that's like a line from a movie, but they probably do have a code for like, please come rescue me from this terrible social event that I no longer want to be at. Ah, yes. (laughs) And that could go either direction, actually. I feel like they both have reasons that they would want to get out of awkward moments. Yeah, (laughs) Um, But it's actually, it's probably easier for Alex because she can just say words and Kara can hear her from anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas Kara would would have to come up with an excuse to like text or call mm-hmm. yeah Car's a great get out of
0: any event free card whether it's a code phrase and an excuse or a code phrase and jumping
1: out a window <laughs> exactly so our next danvers family one is from an anonymous tumblr user and it is how mad was eliza at Kara after she made it snow in the living room and was alex also in trouble for encouraging her
0: I'm just envisioning when Eliza is approaching, the floor is just wet at that point. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, And then Car's genius thought is to try to use her breath to dry it. And then it just freezes. And then, like, later on, she's like, oh, heat vision, that would have helped.
1: (laughs) So, like, like, Frozen but not (laughs) (laughs) further proof that Kara is a Disney princess yes my first thought was that scene where Eliza kind of talks about how much she enjoys watching Kara use her powers so I think she'd be more amused than anything else but she would also be like you need to clean this mess up (laughs) (laughs) yes I agree Uh, but we've also talked about Eliza
0: and Jeremiah their dynamic and how we've kind of suspected that maybe Jeremiah was more
1: the strict like anti-power one well yeah, because he was the only one we've ever seen scolding Kara mm-hmm. about it. Like, Eliza would always come at it in flashbacks from the angle of, like, please don't do things that put everyone in danger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not, like, don't do it ever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And actually, <laughs> while we're on that subject, it goes with our next question, which was also an anonymous Tumblr question, which is, can we talk about Kara using her powers for casual or mundane things and the super fam's reaction? Like, does Alex make Kara do... Do the cleaning since she has super speed, or does Eliza ask Kara to move furniture around the house? Yes, and yes, <laughs> definitely to that one. Mm-hmm. Kara is the furniture mover for everyone.
0: I do appreciate that, like she would have that sort of role in the family, whereas you know how people are like, oh, can I have some strapping young lads
1: <laughs> to move this table that anyone could lift? <laughs> having had to move a couple of times with lots of furniture, I'm just like, imagine not having to pay for a moving truck because Kara could just move everything for you in like yeah. half a day.
0: And I like to think that
1: uh especially like early on would do like Alex's chores for big sister points or something. They would negotiate a trade. <laughs> Maybe Alex would do the homework Kara doesn't like in exchange for uh taking care of chores. Mm, interesting history. <laughs> it would be even funnier if Kara's like uh but I don't want you to do my math homework. <laughs> Fair. She's like I hate it but don't touch it. <laughs> Let's see. Any other kind of casual or mundane things she would use them for? I like the idea That she uses them To know like When her phone is ringing So she never has to Listen to it Make annoying noises You do like that A lot I you talk do about like it. that I do Well because they've Kind of shown it A few times mm. As well In the show But let's see Other kind of Casual things Kara absolutely If she's hanging around At home Late at night And she gets a craving For food Will go To wherever She can get Delicious food <laughs> Even if it's Not in Her time zone Or country mm-hmm. <laughs> That is probably the number one thing that Kara started doing when she became Supergirl, going all around the world for food. Yes, I like the idea that when Kara first became Supergirl, she would like casually Snapchat Alex from just random locations.
0: <laughs> I've always liked the idea of Kara taking her like painting stuff out somewhere, ah, like
1: in a scenic location.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. that's cute. And another Kara slash Danvers family question we got from anonymous Tumblr user was, "How about Kara slash Danvers family plus alcohol? Any thoughts on that, BB?
1: I mean, like, I love the things." Giving scene where they're playing, like, stop taking away my beer. Yeah, that is fun. I get, like, wine night vibes from them. Like, as a family? Yes. Aw, that would be really cute one day. <gasps> the three of them having a wine night. Does Jean also do wine, though? I think, I don't know. Maybe. That would be so cute. Whole Space Fam wine night. Clark can come, too, because apparently he also likes wine. <laughs> yes.
0: And we got a couple Eliza Danvers specific
1: questions. Delightful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Audience for recognizing our interests. <laughs>
0: <laughs> from Wizard of Oz with an A H Z from Tumblr asked, please make up Eliza Back's story that explains her inherent mistrust in people. Smiley face. <laughs> which <laughs> we recently talked about in an episode. Because she had discussed it with Alex, how both of them have the same view of people. <laughs> but that Car <laughs> believes that everyone's as good as she is.
1: What are your thoughts? I came up with a silly reason, and I blame this on the fact that I've rewatched Pride and Prejudice. Like a few times too many in the last several weeks. Fair. But I decided her inherent mistrust of people stems from the fact that everyone would always assume that Eliza was a nickname and her full name was Elizabeth. And it just really annoyed her. <laughs> <laughs> and it struck really deeply. <laughs> it's just, it's in there. People won't take no for an answer and just accept reality. <laughs> Jean reads her mind. He's like, oh. <laughs> Won't make that mistake.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have a much more serious one. And I swear to God, I'm not trying to go for shock factor here. But I thought it would be sort of fitting and interesting if maybe Eliza had lost a sibling at some point, like maybe when she was young. And the idea that like it was a person's fault, and then that, that sort of ties into her view of people. And that maybe she also felt like a little bit of responsibility for it herself. And I thought that would be interesting in terms of Eliza's own sense of responsibility. And then maybe there's a bit of transference without Alex. Mm. And like, I just think of the line from Eliza, you're my daughter, Alex. I wanted you to be better than me. So, Ooh. Just an idea. I like it. And then another Eliza question that we got was from an evolutionary matter. Eliza's favorite ch- chain of molecules.
1: <laughs> I appreciate our science consultant sending us an <laughs> Eliza science-y question. Mm-hmm. First of all, I can't believe you think I remember anything about chemistry. Jitto. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> <you know.
0: laughs> there's a reason we have you come on the show, Annybo. <laughs> right. There's, there's a reason we don't talk about
1: <laughs> About science oh um, but if I had to pick it's probably something really cheesy, like the molecule for oxytocin because that is associated with happiness and love oh, that's nice. <laughs> So I chose a
0: polymer called para-aramid. It is heat-resistant and has strong fiber, and it's used in bulletproof body armor, helmets, brake pads, ropes, and it's an asbestos substitute, so safety. <laughs> and para-aramid fiber is known as Kevlar. I thought some of the uh, Kelly Alex fans would enjoy that subtle endorsement. Specifically Anivo,
1: <laughs> who made up that nickname. Yes.
0: And then we have a couple questions. Questions for our other parental figure
1: <laughs> in the show. Yes. Space dad, Jean. A Wanderlark on Twitter sent us a question. When Martians change form, their clothes change too. Are their clothes part of their body? Does Jean even own any clothes? <laughs> um, I thought that was an amazing question.
0: <laughs> uh, Jean actually has nerve endings in his clothing. <laughs> oh my god, that would be so distracting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you think about just like even if you're easily irritated by clothes, imagine that. <laughs> Your clothes you, are your your, your skin. Clothes are your skin. That'd be awful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to everyone who has to hear this podcast. <laughs> In reality, I would say that maybe Jean has like the ability to shift certain kinds of things within his vicinity. Maybe
1: mm. so. Maybe he does own like select items of clothing that he wants to wear, like that aren't part of the shape shifting. Hmm. This could also be why he has so many cool fedoras, <laughs> like because the hats aren't not like part of his body and they can move around. So
0: well also it would be interesting, I just thought of this now, you know how he has the
1: car? Yeah.
0: Maybe he has clothing. Oh, shapeshifty clothes. Yeah, made specifically
1: for that. That would actually be really cool. So he can shape shift his form and his clothes also can shape shift. Yes. That's awesome. I like it. Okay. Sold. <laughs> sold. I <laughs> I accept that.
0: Um excellent. <laughs> and Anon asked on Tumblr if Jean didn't become a private eye when he took his Valve piece, what occupation should he have?
1: I'm going to pick one that was kind of suggested when we did our fake spoiler bracket for season three. It's going to be the same exact one that I choose. (laughs) Leader of an 80s cover band. (laughs) Okay, maybe not the
0: same exact one. (laughs) Oh, what did you pick? I was picturing like a jazz musician.
1: Oh, right. We talked about that one time. He would be hilarious like Ron Swanson's alter ego (laughs) that does like jazz performances. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Okay. I like that better. It also kind of goes with his new like snazzy wardrobe that he's got Uh going on for season 5 neat But either way, Jean secretly would have had musical tendencies somehow. Mm -hmm. We have a few other characters
0: we got some questions about. We sure do. Rachel had a few questions here about Brainy. She asked, Why in episode 16 of season three did Brainy really need apple cider vinegar?
1: So I had to like research what you do with apple cider vinegar (laughs) because I have never needed to purchase it in my own life. But apparently you can use it as a preservative. So maybe he was planning to like take some 21st century food back. For the rest of the Legion, especially after like Imra was so enchanted by eating ribs with your hands. Ooh. So like he could have been preparing some artifacts <laughs> for the rest of the group. That's a good answer.
0: <laughs> Thanks. I worked hard. <laughs> Compared to my three answers that I have, which are all terrible. <laughs> Apple cider vinegar can apparently be used for hair conditioning. Oh, no. (laughs) Also making home-baked gluten-free bread. Maybe Brainy can't eat gluten. That would be interesting. (laughs) And then also maybe Brainy read online that it increases energy levels. And he was like, yeah, I'm into that. And maybe he doesn't know that the things you read on the internet might not be true.
1: (laughs) So wait, you're saying he's doping with like natural home remedies? (laughs) (laughs) it's
0: a spiritual like cousin to when he got like so wasted maybe
1: (laughs) brainy's just trying to live his best time traveler life that's really that's the answer regardless (laughs) he's
0: like this is one of the drinks of this time i will taste it
1: (laughs) so rachel also asked us was brainy actually wearing wins real clothes in episode 401 the season premiere and if he was how did he get them did he choose that outfit on purpose
0: (laughs) Yes, he broke into Wynne's house. No.
1: <laughs> he does idolize Kara enough that, honestly, maybe. I mean, where is he living? He, he might be living in Wynne's house. Living? Maybe they traded. It. It's like a timeshare. <laughs> uh.
0: Yes, it's a timeshare. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, Brady got the toys that he had in that same episode from a place that Wynne shopped. So in reality, he probably also went to Wynne's clothing store.
1: He probably did. But I was like, I wouldn't put it past him to go swipe like one of Wynne's actual car because he might think, like, Alex needs the soothing scent (laughs) to, like, be reminded that Wynne is still out there in the Mm -hmm. world.
0: Wynn could have easily left, like, some clothes in a locker somewhere, I don't know, at the DEO. Oh, he does have a DEO locker, that's true. Neat. Two more brainy questions, also from Rachel. Yes. How much does he, having the last name Dox, and now living in a time where that word has taken on a different meaning, get offended by the (laughs) phenomenon known as doxing?
1: Hmm. He probably does find it offensive, but also, like, a very primitive kind of thing yeah. just from on like a technical level and also just on a maturity and like cowardice level because <laughs> it's really kind of a low blow to you know do that to people. Yeah, I would say maybe he's more of a
0: free information type huh. also combined with like how it took him a while to get how living in this time is. Maybe he didn't really get privacy issues at first. Maybe
1: but they did talk in season 3 about how there was like the period in the 21st century when there were problems with social media that like ruined society so well
0: they said that there was a weird period where people were sharing where they were Mm, true maybe he just thinks it's weird I thought I don't know I just thought it'd be interesting if he was less prone to consider
1: privacy all right maybe I'm going to change my answer then (laughs) I'm reconsidering because he kind of can access like all information about everyone Mm -hmm. that's what I was thinking about but he doesn't go around like sharing it all yeah well it's not really relevant (laughs) that's true if it was relevant he probably would would until Alex told him not to. (laughs) True. And last brainy question, which Keanu Reeves movie, now that he's been exposed to them, is his favorite? The Matrix.
0: Just because I think he would associate the Matrix robots with maybe Brainiac. And he's kind of like, I wish one of the robots had rebelled and joined the humans. (laughs) But then also just because his style is so similar in the show to the Matrix, like even the fighting, I think he'd vibe with it on that level. Ah, okay. I thought maybe his least favorite Keanu Reeves movie Would be Sweet November. Oh God, I don't even
1: remember that movie. Which
0: Kara puts on because she likes classic romance type movies. And then Brainy does not know how to process his feelings because it is a very sad movie. (laughs) Spoiler. And then we got a question for Nia Dal from anonymous Tumblr user. It is established in season four that Nia is the ancestor of one of Brainy's friends from the future. With Nia being trans, how do you think this works? Since the powers are inherited through the
1: bloodline. But we don't know how her biology works. Can't really make assumptions. True. I mean, well, my answer there was trans people have children. So there is nothing to say that she would be prevented from having biological children. Mm -hmm. And we do know it is a biological descendant because Brainy thinks they look alike. (laughs) So <laughs> Oh, that's true. I forgot that tidbit.
0: I thought it would have been interesting if, because you know how Nia inherited her powers through her family because she really is a woman? Yeah. I thought it would be interesting if she adopted and then her daughter inherited them because she really is family. That would be cool, but unfortunately,
1: <laughs> the show has already <laughs> <I just> learned. <laughs> kind of written itself into a hole there. <laughs> yeah. And then we also got a question about a gone but not forgotten Much beloved character. Yes. Cycles was very excited about. So, this is from Hobbit Killer on Tumblr saying, What happened to Lucy? I think this a lot.
0: (laughs) Where are you, Lucy? I miss you. Well, the Supergirl cast has joked about how Lucy now runs like a dance studio at the Desert Base because Jenna
1: Dewan had been in the famed Step Up movie. Well, and she's also off the show now because she's producing her own like reality dance show. Yes, she's a dancer. So, I thought maybe it'd be fun if she had
0: like a human slash alien dance studio. <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. That would be really cool.
0: (laughs) To make her dad General Lane man. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Because obviously as things become more divisive, I bet that their (laughs) relationship is struggling. (laughs) Um, So the next few questions we got are kind of about assorted locations, actually. Hmm. The first one involving Krypton from T Girl 12 captain on Tumblr. We got, for the random meta episode, one thing that's been on my mind for years now is what role do you think the real world element krypton plays in the supergirl universe all right so
1: again making us struggle with chemistry Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i was like i have to know what it does in the real world first (laughs) my thought is kara finds out that it exists and she's very curious about it initially and then now as an adult is mildly put off by the fact that it is kind of glowy greenish like kryptonite it's sad well, cause it was discovered probably about 30 years before the comic was written and was definitely the inspiration <laughs> for kryptonite mm-hmm. and also for some of the powers that Kara has because it's used in MRI imaging technology. Mm which is actually the way that the Supergirl show depicts Kara's x-ray vision working more so than as an actual x-ray. So that's kind of cool. Fancy.
0: It would be a lot simpler to answer
1: this question if there was
0: a separate Kryptonian language that they used regularly, but they speak English there. So if they had a whole different language they spoke all the time, it would make sense for our English translation of their planet to be like, oh, we'll call them Krypton because
1: Kryptonite is kind of like
0: this element that we
1: have. Oh, okay. But alas. My other thought is maybe Alex has figured out a way to use it on like medical treatment for Kara. Interesting. Since it's the gas that you use to stabilize like different kinds of things that go in electronics and lights and stuff.
0: Step aside, Grass. We have a new (laughs) solution. (laughs) We have a
1: new healing power.
0: (laughs) The next world building sort of question we have is from an evolutionary matter. Do you think there are any vampires on Supergirl?
1: Yes. I mean, just look at our friend Carlisle Max Lord who's definitely a vampire yes from Twilight specifically mm-hmm. Maybe that's why he's biding his time. The sun is too powerful. That explains everything. Kara's energy is just causing him too much (laughs) strife. He can't leave his home.
0: Maybe there's an alien race of vampires called
1: Dracula. Oh my gosh. (laughs) With an apostrophe somewhere. I can't believe we went there.
0: (laughs) But it's interesting because vampires are like the exact opposite of a Kryptonian. (laughs) Yes. Kryptonians are energized by sunlight and vampires are decidedly
1: not. (laughs) And then we got an anonymous Tumblr question. Shifting it over to CatCo, is there a memorial at CatCo for Kelly, the employee who met her end in episode 119, the one where Non made the three people jump off the building?
0: I thought it would be nice if Kara maybe convinced Cat to put a plaque on her desk or something like that and kind of keep it there as a little reminder. That would be nice. Maybe keep her pictures that they had up. Rest in peace,
1: CatCo Kelly. (laughs)
0: A Wanderlark on Twitter asked, Agent Liberty managed to find an alien sniffing dog, so why does the DEO not have at least one of those?
1: Where is Agent Liberty's alien sniffing dog now? Alright, that's a valid question, but I will remind you, the DEO employs aliens... And has prison cells full of them. That dog would be barking all day at everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that the DEO
0: doesn't have that for the same reason they don't have an alien detection device. Because <laughs> all it does is point out that there are aliens. <laughs> and they're like just ordinary citizens at this point. True. So it just used it to discriminate and that wouldn't be good for a government agency.
1: Yeah, but their job is to find aliens. So why would they not want the dog? Yeah, but their job is
0: to find specific aliens. <laughs> It wouldn't really help them in a city that
1: increasingly has them out in the open. Yeah. So as for what happened to all of the dogs that the Children of Liberty had, I hope they have been collected and are being retrained somewhere by nicer people. Speaking
0: of uh, <laughs> random acts of kindness that Supergirl might engage in, I feel like Kara probably had some involvement, I don't know, if direct involvement, but I feel like she was like really upset about that.
1: She was quite upset because she likes all kinds of fluffy animals. Yes. Give us crypto.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so you guys have asked us some awesome specific questions. We thought it would be fun if we did a sort of lightning round featuring one word prompts that we got from the sunshine protection force which is
1: our discord server that we host Mm -hmm. for people who are fans of the show yes you can also find it on tumblr (laughs) so we haven't read these one word prompts which as you can imagine was tricky getting them (laughs) into a place where we could look at them now (laughs) it sure was (laughs) Um, and we thought
0: this would be the best way to get sort of more impromptu fun ridiculous answers from us (laughs) Because the previous questions veered from like silly to more serious and less fake meta questions. But we'll see what happens here. Our first round of one-word prompts we got was from Comicer Girl on Tumblr. So she sent us
1: a variety of words. The first word from Comicer Girl is musicals. Um Cara and Alex movie night. Yes. Correct. <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> all right then. You read the next one. The next word is pets. <laughs> Alex gets a snake
0: and Kara gets a cute little animal and they have to struggle to keep them apart because things would not go well.
1: Her cute little animal is definitely a puff skin, which is a little fluffy creature <laughs> from the Harry Potter series. <laughs> Ginny has one. Ooh, excellent. Okay. Sleep. Sleep. <laughs> I happened to be looking at something from season one recently, and Alex asked Kara how she was doing, and she was like, I slept last night. And I was like, wait, does that mean you don't sleep every night? Like, what's, what's that? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, that's, that's new. That's a question. <laughs> that is a question. <laughs> we did wonder that in season three as well, mm. so. Mm. Maybe she can go a long time. Maybe. I mean, if she is re-energized by the sun, she could just fly around all day to where it is still sunny. <laughs> it's like coffee, I guess. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Does she get the equivalent of a caffeine high when she when it's like too sunny out?
0: <laughs> Maybe that's why she's so chipper sometimes.
1: Maybe. All right. And the last word, which was chosen well before this week. <laughs> Was dinosaurs. Dinosaurs.
0: Kara and Alex accidentally travel back in time when when visits, <laughs> and they end up riding the the tall, friendly one. <laughs> the, tall, the tall, friendly, friendly one. one. You know, the the um, like
1: a brachiosaurus. All right, dinosaur expert. <laughs> Look, all right. If you were not enthused by dinosaurs as like a three to six year old. You're not living your best life. <laughs> and if you're Melissa Benoist, you still love dinosaurs yeah, yes. and therefore are always living your best life. I would actually like an episode like that where they travel back in time. Oh my gosh. There was a Xena episode that sort of did that. I mean it was forward in time because that was set in ancient mm. Greece, but like they would jump around to like random time periods for fun. Yes.
0: Need a little little adventures. They need it. They're supposed to go on vacation and they accidentally
1: travel back in time. <laughs> Maybe it can be like a legends induced thing. Maybe it could be like an Anti technology episode because they don't have any. (laughs) I want to go back to a
0: simpler time.
1: Maybe they appreciate it more. (laughs) Maybe. So, our next set of words come from an anonymous user. Yes. The first word is endgame. Endgame. We don't know what Leviathan is up to. (gasps) Ooh.
0: Mysterious. Or what is it up to, how that baby? will
1: affect Lex. We just don't know. Tell us what Leviathan's real endgame is. Their endgame is to use technology to turn us into the society that you see in the Disney film WALL-E, where everyone has their own little personalized cart that drives them around so they can stare at their device all day and drink a Slurpee. <laughs> the,
0: maybe their endgame is to take us back to the dinosaurs. <laughs>
1: Maybe. The opposite of Maybe that. their end game. Their end game is to destroy civilization. <laughs> there we go. The next one. Crisis. Crisis. Crisis on infinite shirts. <sighs>
0: what? Sure. <laughs> Kara, that's the name of the scene in the first episode of Supergirl when Kara <laughs> asks <laughs> Alex which shirt she should wear uh, in the pilot
1: episode? Yes.
0: Uh she's infinite shirts and she doesn't know which one. And Alex uses the blue one and that is what sets forth the series of events that leads to this crisis on infinite <laughs> earths crossover.
1: Oh my god. <sighs> But then we find out on some other Earth where there is a Kara, she chose the red shirt. It's like the blue pill, red pill thing. Oh, Oh my God.
0: Bringing back the Matrix.
1: (laughs) It's all connected. Wow. It all ties together. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Okay. Okay. The next one is therapy. A thing a lot of characters need. (laughs) specifically I think there should be a support group for characters with deceased moms and all of them are people who would be resistant to going to therapy so you'd have to lie to them to convince them to get there and it's Kara and Lena and Nia who are very diverse personalities so you'd have to come up with a really convincing lie to get them no, all in that room like
0: a, it's like a party or something
1: like it's game night like why are we not going to my apartment for game night who are these other people here what What's going on? Um,
0: (laughs) Nia doesn't show up because she had a dream about it.
1: (laughs) Kara's like, I dig this because it's pleasant and quiet. Mm -hmm. But what is happening? (laughs) Lena's suspicious. (laughs) (laughs) Lena's immediately like, it's too quiet. And people are being friendly. This has happened to (laughs) Lena before. (laughs) It's an intervention. (laughs) Yes. All right. Next one. The next word, guilt. Guilt. Guilt guilty
0: my first thought uh, is how our trio all struggle with this in like sort of different ways actually jean and Kara both have that survivor's guilt mm, thing going on good answer um and then alex struggles with guilt uh <laughs> just daily more broadway like, <laughs> yes yeah. it's like jean and Kara have the weight of the world on their shoulders and then alex has the weight of jean cara <laughs>
1: on her shoulders <laughs> and then you also have nia who feels very guilty yeah. about inheriting the powers true from her family and then also the fact that her mother died mm. abruptly like that
0: speaking of mothers die we also have lena who blames herself for yeah her death.
1: do james and kelly have any any issues with that um, not really well, james not in the same way james does in the
0: sense that like he thinks he's supposed to be a certain kind of person and And
1: probably having to do
0: with how he wasn't there for Kelly at the funeral Mm. and his mom.
1: Yeah. And again, some people who feel guilty for things outside of their control, which goes back to our thing about how a lot of these characters need some therapy. (laughs) Yes, it all comes back to that. Because it's okay not to feel guilty about things you can't change. Mm -hmm. Okay. Government. Government. I hope we get to see Colonel Haley again. Yeah, me too. What would her role be, do you think, in a meta
0: sense? Like... How would she fit in?
1: It would be interesting, first of all, to find out exactly how her stance maybe has changed or what revelations that she did have about the ethics of what she was Mm. doing. And to see her maybe stepping into a role that, like, Lucy might have had had she been able to stay Mm. as far as, like, a liaison with dealing with some of the more, like, politics-y elements of the show. Yeah. And the next word, which I feel like we're on this order – for the perfect reasons, is painting. Painting. Your My favorite.
0: Hmm. So Kara, obviously, is my first thought. I already talked about headcanon with painting, that she takes it out to, like, locations that she thinks are pretty. A lot of her paintings are less realism-type paintings and and more, like, modern abstract-type art, which is interesting because I wonder if... Kara is actually probably very good at realism, and maybe that sort of detracts from the artistic part of it for her. And so, like, at some point, maybe on her progression of being an artist, shifted over from doing, like, realistic, like, I can zoom in on the tiniest detail with my supervision work to just expressing herself, Mm. leading to, you know, the famous depression painting. (laughs) Oh, poor (laughs) Kara. And other, like, happier paintings. And the next one is Forgiveness. Forgiveness forgiveness
1: right that was the first thing that i thought of too <laughs> nice we just sing here all the time <laughs> forgive us <laughs> ha ha forgiveness i kind of my first thought is the scene from season one of kara and jean and alex when alex talks about how she ended up killing astra mm.
0: so if if there were another type of scene like that where one of the sisters had to forgive the other maybe the other way around mm. what do you think that would look like
1: I don't know what Kara would do that Alex wouldn't necessarily – well, hmm, if it had something to do – well, actually, I don't know. I was going to say if it had something to do with like the resolution on Jeremiah, but I actually think Alex has kind of revised her <laughs> rosy opinion. Yeah. And I don't actually think there's too much she would find unforgivable at this point <sighs> <laughs> related to that. I mean, maybe if like he was like, tortured <laughs> or something, but yeah. – Car wouldn't do that. So
0: yeah, I think you're probably on the right track in the sense of like, it'd have to be something within that inner
1: circle. Yes, it would because of the way Alex is as a person, <laughs> it would have to be something like very personal. It wouldn't be like some big. Thing, Mm -hmm. although we did see it kind of in the reverse in the Red Kryptonite episode, true, a little bit. That's what I like about them. Like they have many issues sometimes, (laughs) but they're very open communicating with each other most of the time, and they are willing to accept each other's mistakes Mm -hmm. and move on. Mm -hmm. I agree. Alrighty, huh? So (laughs) the next word. It depends on how I choose to read it. It could be two things. (laughs) Tears. It sounds like you're saying tears wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but that is also a word that is tears. spelled that way. I mean, it probably was meant to be tears, but you will be too gleeful Aww, with the word tears. Sad. So I'm going to give you're you... You're stealing, stealing you my joy. The other one. <laughs> um,
0: okay. Tears. I have one. Perfect. Okay. Spoiler sort of for the recent trailer. Cars cape gets torn up. I
1: think that she... And now you can bring in the tears. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> I bet Cara probably maybe keeps like a piece of it. I don't know what she would do with it. What do you think? Like she
1: could save it and make a quilt someday. A quilt.
0: <laughs> oh, a quilt for for a baby. And turn it turn Perfect. it back into a blanket. <gasps> just like
1: Clark's. What if it's a big enough piece? She could give it to Alex. <laughs> or Clark. She could give it back she to could Clark give it back because, to because a Little he's Clark. New baby. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> I just made like the Andy Dwyer gif <laughs> face where he's like yes. really excited. Okay. Games. Games. There are certain games that are banned at game night because the Danver <laughs> hey. sisters get a little too competitive and they are too good of a team. Huh. Also, I feel like the game Uno is banned just because Kara and Alex get too competitive with each other <laughs> and uh the property damage that might ensue <laughs> why Uno is dangerous. <laughs> Because Uno is vicious, those draw four <laughs> cards when you think you're about to win. <laughs> Plus, there's always the chance that Kara wants to win so badly that she might cheat.
0: I don't. Well, have we ever seen her cheat? Not
1: necessarily. Maybe Jean's
0: the real cheater.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Jean actually. Well, we do know that Martians like to play tricks. Mm-hmm. And Marin definitely would try to cheat when they played games. So. I feel like
0: Alex is too competitive to cheat. Like it would have to be a real win.
1: <laughs> she would probably accuse Kara and Jean of cheating <laughs> if she lost when she was expecting to win. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Fair. <laughs> which I feel like is a complaint that maybe was levied a few times in their youth. <laughs> Excellent. I like that.
0: The next couple words we have are from I am Delta S from Tumblr. And
1: the first one is radio. Radio. Video killed the radio star. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought of. <laughs> Amazing.
0: The first time that Car and Alex hear Jean's <laughs> jazz band on the radio, <laughs> uh, they freak out and then <laughs> almost run over a possum.
1: I like it. Are they driving his car at the oh, time, though? That would be... Yes,
0: they are. Excellent. And then they're like, well, it's your fault. It was your song. Perfect. And the next word is clock.
1: Car really hates the sound of analog watches ticking. <gasps> That's a good one. Because if it's quiet, she can hear them throughout her whole apartment building. That's a good one. And it's really irritating. <laughs> I like that a lot. Nice. Thanks. Actually, that works out really nicely because our final word of lightning round is apartment. <laughs> apartment.
0: Hmm. James Olson's
1: apartment is filled with nerdy super paraphernalia. Yes. To like the point where it would be embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. If Kara or Clark saw it.
0: <laughs> exactly. When when Kara and uh James were like briefly dating in the beginning of season two, Kara's like, Hey, why don't I, you know, go over your apartment this time? And James is like, No. <laughs> I think that we should go to
1: your apartment. <laughs>
0: Yes, and that's why he really, really understands those fans in the Faith episode
1: in Season 3. <laughs> oh my god, that's both amazing and terrible. <laughs>
0: And that wraps up
1: all of our single word prompts and all of our questions that we got. Thank you guys so much for submitting them. There were Mm -hmm. very many, but they were really entertaining and we had a lot of fun sorting through them and coming up with silly ideas. Or sad ideas or...
0: Or both. (laughs) Or true facts. And we'll leave it to you to figure out which is which.
1: So on that note, this is our last hiatus episode because Supergirl Season 5 will be back next week, which means... we will be back talking about the new season
0: mm-hmm. we're going to shift over and play with a new format for the show we're still going to base what we talk about off of the new episodes that we get but we're going to focus more on having like a topic for each episode and, and diving in into detail like we like to do the most
1: yeah and that way we'll be able to kind of track how different characters are progressing throughout the season and it'll give us more time to see like how different arcs build mm-hmm. and explore the them as they move through the season and also to give us a bit more reflection on how the new content ties into things that we've already learned in previous seasons and figure out maybe where it's going towards mm. later in the season.. Yes. <laughs> and then also, of course, as always, if you have specific queries or like content that you're interested in hearing more about that comes up in the show, you're welcome to send us feedback on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, or our email contact form at Supergirls Attic. And thanks for listening.